The following interviews were recorded at the first Empire Con in the final days of 2019. We're awake. The Zoom, yeah, Zoom makes that too, yeah. I have a bigger one, but... It has not failed me yet. They're great. Yeah, yeah. Even in rooms like this, these mics are substantial. Yeah, I got no complaints. It's cool, man. It's everybody's best friend if you're on the road. By the way, tell Rogan his truth or network is finished. <laughs> um, let's see, I got a little bit of context. Stunt man. Yeah. Mixed martial arts. Correct. Black belt. Yeah. Entrepreneur? Sure. Coffee company. Right? Coffee company, Caveman Coffee. There it is. On the hottest platform, on one of the most popular TV shows. It was a kind of interesting thing. I'd heard the day after uh, Monday Night Football aired the spot, that Disney Plus, using that as a marketing tool, captured one-sixth of Netflix audience, uh, which was 60 million, I think, in the U.S., which is just phenomenal when you think about the expanse of the company and what it's been and how long it's been around. When you think about Netflix as a startup and you think about Disney, it's 100 years old. It's, uh, yeah, it's a phenomenal thing to be a part of. In case there's any mystery, Tate Fletcher, yes, Boss Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah, the heavy infantry mando, uh, Paz Vizsla, and, uh, and then also the Alpha Trawler that opened it up. I know that the mando wasn't a speaking part, but you can it, speak. It, oh, go it, ahead. it was. Yeah. Yeah. We. Uh, that's where this is the way kind of came up as uh, when he and I had a little scuffle in episode three, I guess, and then prior to me going and saving. Well, you can speak on something that very few can. How does it feel to wear the Mandalorian armor? Well, it was built to me, so it was a real privilege, man, just to be in it and to have the great people at Legacy put the suit together and all the sessions that we had. It was really phenomenal. I mean, the props goes to them, and I just had the honor of being able to wear it. Good, man. The Jedi have their dogma, their discipline. The Sith have their rage, I guess their recklessness. What does it mean to be a Mando? And feel free to flex some personal. I mean, for me, I, I think that the beautiful thing about the Mandalorians is this high sense of honor and integrity, mm. and that they know that they're not many, they know that they're not rich, but they hold on to their honor with uh, such a high esteem and they have such a high standard that um, it, it matters and things matter. And, and, in a, and especially in a world where there's so much pomp and fluff and, and image, I suppose, to hold on to something that you're deeply rooted in of those traditions and values I think is beautiful. And one of the beautiful things that really comes to mind is Werner Herzog, when we were at the premiere, he spoke to it and said, you know, the mythology is lost in film in many regards. And this really brings back the mythology of film, a, a real artistry to uh, paying attention to higher things. I think you just went legend. <laughs> Tate Fletcher at uh, Empire Con 2019. Yes, sir. Can't believe yes, it. Sir. Thank you, brother. Pleasure, thank you. I'm with the second half of quite possibly the most dynamic convention duo to hit the scene here at the first Empire Con at the LAX Marriott. You seem like, uh, I'm sorry, a Jawa, the few words. Is that cool Jawa? Is that where that comes from? Oh, cool Jawa uh, came from from a Twitter Twitter post. Someone mentioned that they were the coolest Jawa I know, and since Hot Jawa was already taken, I went ahead and ran with it. Star Wars for you started back in '77, and it's still going. Well, the interesting thing is, is for me, yes, it my Star Wars career, as best you could put it, started in 1977, but. 
I wasn't a child actor, so I didn't continue any kind of career in that fashion. And it got to the point where I, I actually kind of stopped telling the story that I was in Star Wars, except to maybe some very close friends. And it wasn't until about two years ago when we were uh, rediscovered by autograph collectors um, that we've come back into the fold of the, the fandom. I had no idea that it existed. You're in good company now. Just a broad stroke to end it. What what is Star Wars bending? You know, it's something you haven't talked about in the middle part of your life, but... Well, it's always been like a favorite film and, a, you know, I love all the films, so, you know, the all the films out there have been fantastic and I've always truly enjoyed them, uh, but as of late, it's really become something special to me that uh, I'm so glad to be a part of and, it, and it's just a lot of fun, uh, you know, to have fans come out. One of my favorite things is when, when kids dress up as Jawas. That's just, that's amazing. They're recreating my character. Playing it cool at EmpireCon. Cheers, Tim. Uh, back in the class of 77. Uh-huh. With one of the original Jawas, one Andrian Wickman, Wickman Miller. Yes. Also very good at Twitter. Thank you very much. Pretty um, good. <laughs> you get pulled out of class when you were seven? Yes. For a sci-fi movie you know nothing about. True. Fitted for a uh, burlap sack. Basically. And end up <laughs> spending long days in Death Valley, where you were living at the time. Right. I guess for those that may not know uh, the temperatures or the terrain, what is Death Valley like? Well, it was actually not as hot as it can get the month that we did the filming, so it was wasn't too bad, but um, the terrain is rough. It's rocky and hilly and lots of loose gravel from where we were walking. Um, we have a lot of behind the scenes pictures of the chaperones helping us so we weren't falling down the hill. Because after we walked up the hill, we had to walk back down the hill. Speaking of stumbling, you did drop a national treasure, later known as R2-D2. That is true. I did do that. <laughs> I, guess I guess kind of Star Wars has been something the whole world knows you or has seen you, but they don't know who you are. Right. Is that like a hidden superpower? Is it a trump card in a social interaction? It absolutely was a long time ago. I would say I used it a lot, but only with people that I got to know. Um, I, I think that, as you heard in the panel, Tim was saying he kept it a bit of a secret because people didn't believe him sometimes when he would talk about it. But for me, um, I never had that experience ever because anybody I told was was more than you know just an acquaintance. <laughs> As you start to acquaint yourself with the first Empire Con, are you game for the uh, convention circuit? Oh, definitely. Yeah, this is my first one in the United States, um, and then I did one in Birmingham, uh, UK, about a year ago, and that was amazing. So. I would say between your Twitter handle, Hot Jawa, yes. and your, your convention partner, Cool Jawa, is it fair to speculate you guys are the best branded duo in conventions? I would say yes, definitely. Yeah, I mean, at least we're trying to be. <laughs> Andrea Whitman Miller. Yes. Uh, where's the best place to run you down? 
Okay. Um, I would say that Twitter at Hot Jawa, and then also Instagram at Hot Jawa, and I have a Facebook page at Hot Jawa. Handle. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I do appreciate a good pun game. What's what's the Twitter at? Toys R Gus. Toys R Gus, yeah. Good yeah, it used to be, my website used to be toysrgus.com. How long have you been collecting Star Wars toys? Uh, well, you know, I have everything since the movie, first movie came out, but really actively since 93, so it'd be 26 years, and, you know, a little over 26 years at this point. I did have a specific question. Yeah. I imagine... I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna guess if you're Jedi or uh, a, a gunslinger. Yeah. What what weapon feels right in your hands? You can go lightsaber. You can go blaster. Just yeah. curious. I'd go lightsaber. I go lightsaber. Who yeah. specifically? Who specifically? That's a good question. There's a few I really like. Um, you got some wild ones like Dooku. Yeah, yeah. I would say, um, I, I you know I have to go with the original like. The Luke, Anakin, Ray saber, the original Luke um, saber from A New Hope. I love that saber. So. Classic. He has a classic. It's just, yeah. The Toys first saber. Toys R Gus, yeah. Toys R Gus, yeah, yeah. Thank you for uh, being available. Thanks, I'm not at all. Well, well, I'm interested now in what two questions you're going to ask me. I haven't answered any of them yet, I take it. Do you mind having all this stuff in front of you? Yeah, no, no. It's, it's, Is that in the way? No problem with me. We're, uh, we're back in 1977. Ooh. 76 it was. 76. When it was made, it was 76, yes. In a seedy space bar with two space girls, um, later to be named the Tonica Sisters. That's correct, yes. And we're here uh, in 2019 at Empire Con with Angela Stanton. Exactly. Yes. How's the, how's the convention treatment? Lovely. I've, I've really enjoyed it. I've enjoyed meeting the fans. I've enjoyed the panels. Particularly the second one was good. And I really enjoyed You know what? I've got a, a, a leg injury at the moment. And this completely brings me out of my pain. It's great. It's great therapy for me. It's kind of the question that I have. Would you frame it your Star Wars story? Like, what genre would it be? Because on one hand, it, it could be the tale of, you know, prodigal sisters reconnecting over time. Or it could be, you know, kind of recognizing good work uh, through conventions and stuff. How, how do you see it? Um, well, I can't really say that I see it as two sisters reconnecting because she's not here to reconnect with. Although we are sort of reconnecting in a certain way because we're being associated together even though she's long gone. People often confuse you, notoriously. They, they, are, they confuse us. Well, the names anyway. Yes, of course, because the names are confusing. Because I, <laughs> I said when she phoned me from Indianapolis in 2006 and said, well, you're Sunny and I'm Bree. And I said, no, I'm not. I've been Bree for all these years. And she said, well, I've been signing as Bree. Oh, it yes, doesn't okay. matter, Angela, just sign Sunny. Mm -hmm. So most people would say, well, why not? But I, I just got, that was my, what I thought I was, my character. So anyway, but it's, it's fine. I mean, Brie Sunny is just as good because we, our characters did cross part. Yeah, they did. We did. We did. Well, uh, after 76, you came to the States. Yeah. And you kind of, you kind of left entertainment circles for I a minute. did. I did. I did go down to Los Angeles at one point to see if I could do anything in the, 
I found it much worse down in LA. I found it rather seedy. Uh, it was it was going a little bit like that in London. You know, we go up for some interviews that were quite weird, like wear a bikini and, and you know, even weirder than that. And um, but. I, 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 why did I got into it because I was encouraged to go into it by different people that I knew that were in the entertainment business and I and they helped me uh, when I was started modeling and getting film parts uh, little parts they encouraged me and I um, thought well why not it sounds exciting and it was exciting except that um, you know I didn't have I was doing other work in between and um, I didn't like the seediness of it, which means I, I think you have to be extremely ambitious um, and not really, um, you've got to be very, very, uh, you know, d d sort of single-minded and, and let the rest of it go by the way. And I, and I think I was having a hard time in doing that. I didn't like the, uh, having some of the stuff you have to go through. For sure. Yeah, because it was, they know me too then. <laughs> well, I guess taking your mind back, uh, at least on Cantina Chatter, another podcast, cheers, you had said that you guys, you and uh, Christine, Christine, yeah, um, you guys did share some laughs along the way. Oh, we had a great time. I mean, we did. We were great. We were very good friends at one time. And we actually shared a flat together one time. Although that wasn't the brilliant, it wasn't great. Wasn't the greatest. You, you know, when friends, really good friends, share a flat, it's not always works out as, as well. Oh, we we had. She was she was great for a laugh. She was she she was very entertaining and very and great fun. But for this anything, when things started to get a little bit more serious with things, you know, several more subjects became more serious. It wasn't quite so easy. I mean, she. She dumped me at parties. No, she no, not parties. But if we did promotion works, she was supposed to drive me home, and she just drive home without me, and things like that. Sort of things like that. Um, but I think she, maybe she would get nervous or something somewhere, and she'd leave, and she wouldn't tell me or something. But you know, things like that that happen with friends. You know, when you're really great friends. I don't, maybe it doesn't happen with guys. Maybe guys just stay that way. Nowadays, I value my friendships a lot more than I did. Um, I think that um, little things should not get in the way of somebody that you've known for a long time. I really believe that. And there were a lot of little things. And we did sort of not talk to each other for quite a while. But um, I did miss her a lot, you know, because we, we've been really good friends. We did Space 1999 together and then Star Wars together. And we shared a flat and we lived in the same building for a year as well, as well as sharing a flat together. So... Um, yeah, no, we had some good times, and actually, it was a terrible shock when I heard she died. I mean, because we've been communicating that year before, and um, I'm sending her birthday cards and Christmas cards, and she didn't answer, and I thought she was pissed off with me about something again, and it was it was a shock. It was a real shock. Since we're back in the cantina, what was it? What was a drink that you you guys shared together? Maybe we'll raise a glass uh, one last oh. time. Oh. Oh, you mean what did we drink in when we were in another sure, container? Sure, sure. What did we like to drink? Wine, mostly. We used to drink, uh, I think, white wine. 
I'm just trying to think if we had any cocktails. We I keep thinking we must have had a cocktail at some point. Probably champagne. Yeah, we drank some champagne, sparkling wine. And um, yeah, no, that would be nice. But over there, it was just we were having pretend hookah pipes. Uh, you know, they were. I think there's. They might have even had cigarettes on the end or something to make it look like it was we were smoking something. I can't remember, but I think it was. In those days, cigarettes were okay. You know, well, they they weren't really. People weren't worried about nicotine poisoning or anything like that. It's interesting. I mean, I. You know, when I research people, I do I do think it's interesting, like, uh, you know, a movie that you didn't know was going to hit, like yeah. it did, and then a person that you probably wouldn't be tied to otherwise. Yes. Well, except, well, no, that's true. We wouldn't be. We got reconnected because of Star Wars. She was doing shows, and apparently everybody was saying to her, where's your other tonica sister? Why aren't you doing it together? So she finally found, through a mutual friend that we had in London, she found me through him and uh, because I actually had moved but I, I, I was in my same flat for a very long time but then we then I moved out to the country once I started having children uh, but so she could have got hold of me sooner but she did she got hold of me through this mutual friend and then it was regarding Star Wars it's true but it was very nice to hear from her again because you know I mean when you're really good friends like that with somebody it's um Sorry, Mixy. I get emotional. Talk. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. That's all right. No, it's just me. I let I'm just me. So um, it was really nice. So it was it was very sad when she told me that she got cancer, and um, I was just I honestly, even though she told me that, I didn't believe she was going to die. You know, she's one of those people that was so full of life that you. And I had another friend like that since that died like in July this year that was so full of life you never ever ever think you think they're going to live forever you never imagine they're going to they're going to die so it's, it's it just goes to show you never know who's going to go so that's why you've got to be nice to everybody because you're going to regret it otherwise the tale of the Tonica sisters continues yes Empire 2019 thank you I'll start at the beginning. You were introduced to Fed by the male figure, am I right? I guess tell me about, I guess we're talking as kids, so it's, it's, it's visual at this point. Uh, what did you see in Fed when you looked at the T-Visor? Well, the T-Visor is one of the big set, biggest selling points for the character for me because I was completely obsessed with like Greek mythology and the Greek helmet. It reminded me of the Greek helmet. It also reminded me of medieval uh, knights, you know, that, that helmet with yeah, the yeah. T or the cross. It was a very huge, uh, iconic kind of draw for me. Uh, that combined with the cape and him being a bounty hunter, so obviously being a kind of uh, an evolution of the good and bad and the ugly kind of Clint Eastwood bounty hunter in Star Wars was the hugest draw. But as a kid in 1980, I was very much an artist, so I kind of like went off and not that I was uh, antisocial, but I was very much a loner as a kid. I kind of got obsessed with my art. And so when I read the bio that came with the action figure in 1980, I kind of identified with that character description because he was saying about him being the, the loner and the drifter, kind of like you know, on his own, very independent. 
Oh, fast forward, you're working for Industrial Light and Magic out here in California. Yeah. You get an email, I, I guess we should mention that the person that sent you the email to put the armor on, just to tip a cap. Uh, who was it? That was Don Bees. Good man. It's Don Bees, Return of the Jedi. You end, hmm, you end up putting the Boba Fett armor on for kind of a high rollers uh, meetup. Yeah. I guess that was a four hour period that probably changed your life. You're in a room full of people, powerful people, and all eyes are on you. Walk me through that, just uh, if you wouldn't mind. Well, everyone seems to think uh, that, I mean, and don't get me wrong, doing the blue screen shoot for the movie was kind of like one of the best moments of my we'll life. We'll get to your second birthday. Yeah. But the best time I ever donned that suit was for this summit because uh, play acting Boba Fett for four hours in the suit for four hours in the cantina with all the aliens there and the band playing and stormtroopers checking IDs and patrons drinking at a bar at the cantina bar. Uh, that was the most trippiest, surreal four hours of my life and they couldn't get me to take a break I'd have someone come by and say you really need to have a break and I'm fine no you really need to have a break and in the end they said we're going to get in trouble you know legally if you don't have a break and so when they made me sit for my break I was like a kid in detention with a helmet on my lap waiting to go back in the room and tapping my feet and then finally someone said okay you can go back and I was already gone nice. through those double doors that November was the best 4th, time. yeah? Sorry about that. November 4th is the day that you uh, blue screen it, yeah? It was December 6th, 1994. Okay. So yesterday was my book for birthday. There it is. <laughs> Happy birthday. Thank you. I guess going from fandom to you are Boba Fett. How is that? Like, what is that like? You don't come off of that high, do you? No, it wasn't just fandom. I mean, I was a Star Wars fan, but of all the Star Wars franchise, the one character that I identify with with was Boba Fett. So, to actually step from being a massive Boba Fett fan to becoming the bounty hunter in one day was... And there's no words to... Uh, I'm sure your imagination could fill in all the blanks of what that could feel like. And, and everything you expect was true. Like, how, it was that. How many times did you see Special Edition in the theaters? Um, I can't remember. <laughs> nice. I can't remember. I did, I did kind of see it on the premiere. And when I went to the premiere, I went to the Man's Chinese Theater because of the historical yes. significance. Uh, and I went with a whole bunch of guys from Disney. And when we were in the line, there was a, a press walking along the line showing how long this line was for the re-release. And I had all my friends pointing at me saying, this guy's Boba Fett. And the, the guys, the newspaper guys, waved them off like they were crazy. But uh, I, I must have seen it maybe six six times, I'd, I'd guess that. That's conservative. Well, who's laughing now? We're at EmpireCon here at uh, the Marriott. I guess to, to wrap it up, um, what has Star Wars meant to you? That's a broad question. Not to get depressing. Uh, it, it released at a time when my uh, family was going through some really heavy crap. Uh, it was when my, uh, my mother was uh, separating from my stepfather. So Star Wars became my escape 
from all of that family stuff, all the reality, harsh reality. Star Wars was my escape from that. So I really did kind of use it like a big blanket to kind of, uh, I guess, protect me, myself uh, emotionally from all the stuff that was going on that, you know, as a 11-year-old boy, you, you, you have to escape. You have to escape into your drawing or, you know, and I escaped into Star Wars. I think you're in good company. Well, now you've literally felt the armor. What does it mean, since there's very few people that can uh, speak on it? How does it feel like to be in the armor? It's everything you can imagine it to be. I mean, everyone that does cosplay can kind of get a sense of what it feels like. The only difference is that I, I, just being in that suit, knowing that you know guys like Jeremy Bullock and John Morton and Dickie Beers have donned that flight suit, just having that DNA in you know in the stitching was uh, that was the, the biggest trip for me. And the, the helmet, the helmet, just having the, you know there isn't one helmet. I think there were about seven helmets in the archives because of things like breakages and damages and stunts. But they said to me that they had enough pieces to make maybe five to seven complete suits. Um, but just the history of the suit, you just it kind of like you, you feel like it's seeping into your body through osmosis or something weird like that. A New Hope special edition, Boba Fett, Mark Austin. We're at the LAX Marriott. 2019 at the first Empire Con. There are other Star Wars celebrations. Uh, what are folks going to get if they turn up at Empire Con? Empire Con is unlike a lot of other events in that we are we're very fan forward. Our our idea is that people who want to meet the folks who helped bring to life those characters get that one-on-one -on -one experience that you just you don't get from a, a general, you know, super con that you find across the nation. Like if you're going to San Diego, you'll get the corporate pieces, or if you go to Star Wars Celebration, you get great experiences and you get all the licensees and the like. But for us, it's really about connecting the fans directly with the people who helped create it, as well as finding those rare signers and rare experiences and, and, that you wouldn't find in other places. Yeah. I definitely appreciate the minor characters. Uh, a la, I think it's uh, the Jawas' first convention, in fact, from '77. Well, not only did we have some Jawas that had never appeared at a show, but we also had like Daniel Zoromir, who was uh, the only Chewie other than Peter in the original film. So what's great is that some of these characters, not only have they never made appearances, you've also have already seen them in, in products recently. Like there was a new Funko Pop that came out recently of an ATST with the Chewie coming out. And um, I, I used to represent uh, Peter Mayhew before he passed it and when he played Chewbacca. And um, he would always tell people that's not him. And for the first time ever since the Return of the Jedi filmed, we had the gentleman who actually was the Chewie that came out of the ATST, as well as a bunch of other scenes that we had never uh, showed before. For deep collectors, things of that nature, when is, when is Empire Con going to go off again? So next year will be December 11th through 13th, and it's going to be at the Airport Marriott LAX. Uh, I'm Ryan, and I'm uh, one of the organizers of the event. <laughs>